0: Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Get Wrecked here on Play Along Podcast. I'm your host for this episode, and I'm very, very excited to introduce my guest. He is the charismatic host of the Still Loading Podcast, a show dedicated to exploring the world of video games and the culture that surrounds him. He brings his extensive knowledge of infectious enthusiasm to each one of these episodes. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Josh of the Still Loading Podcast. Josh. Happy to have you here, man. How are you doing?
1: Charismatic. I don't. I don't think I've ever been described <laughs> as that. I, I, I. have been told I have a monotone voice at best. So uh, there's the there's
0: something it. about like you know you can have charisma and still have that that monotone approach to it though. So I, I think so. All right. Well, thank you. I'm bad at taking compliments, but thank you for having <laughs> me on the show, man.
1: I've been looking forward to this. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, like digging yeah. into the game that you recommended
0: for me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it, what I will we'll get into it, but when I was listening to your Pokemon episode and I heard you hadn't played this game, I was like, Yep, <laughs> yeah. Josh is coming on the podcast, and this is the game that I'm going to recommend here. Uh, but if the people at home and our listeners don't know about Still Loading Podcasts, why don't you give them a little taste? So,
1: Still Loading is a uh, video game history, well, culture, whatever. It's a video game podcast. I call it a gaming grab bag podcast because I do a little bit of everything. Mm you have i have interviews with people in the industry i've interviewed you know voice actors and composers yeah. and uh, some game designers and stuff like that. I've also, but I also do game retrospectives, which at the time we're recording this uh, I'm in the middle of a Bioshock series so I've been doing some deep dives on Bioshock 1 and Bioshock Infinite need to get to Bioshock 2 which I, I didn't get, to, I didn't play but uh, we'll, we'll, I'll mm. do an episode on that eventually uh, but then I also do have episodes on stranger ideas where I, oh, I, I have a series called Captain and the Game Master based off of <laughs> yeah. the semi-obscure semi-legendary video game based cartoon from 1989 all meant to promote Nintendo products and it is insane it is one of the most wild cartoons you'll ever see and I've been doing a rewatch podcast of it for the last over two years and uh, why I I don't know I felt like punishing (laughs) myself but it's been a lot of fun at the same time but the last example I was going to give of kind of the grab bag nature of my show is I I have a I've done episodes of like just weird goofy ideas like I, a couple of years ago I did an episode called Still Loading Storytime which was me and a bunch mm-hmm. of friends doing uh, reading video game manuals, doing dramatic readings, excuse me, of old video game manuals. That was a lot of fun. That's
0: such a fun idea.
1: I want to do another one again, but it's—it's. It's, uh, I got to get around to it. But uh, the other, idea, other episode I did was the Final Fantasy Fantasy Draft, which is what happens when you yeah. take fantasy sports and Final Fantasy and you kind of cram them all together, and each... Uh, player or each participant is trying to craft the best Final Fantasy. But, you know, once something's drafted, you know, you can't, no one else mm-hmm. can use it, just like in a fantasy sports draft. So, yeah, that's kind of still loading. It's a gaming grab bag podcast, yeah. does lots of different things. And that's been my show. That is my show. Yeah.
0: Grab bag is kind of the perfect moniker because there's so many different things that you're doing on that show. So many different games, so many different guests. So you can find something that you will enjoy on there. Josh, I'm curious, when you were doing the dramatic reading of game manuals, <laughs> what was the one that stood out the most to you? Which one did you do that was just like a blast or it was weird or you had some weird interaction?
1: So I didn't do too many of the readings myself because at the time mm-hmm. I was a little too self-conscious. Now I do like this weird character on instagram named janitor jim and i i really don't know <laughs> i'm not saying it's a good voice but it's something where now i think i feel a lot more comfortable trying to yeah. hand at it type of thing and then also what is it i came up with a new character for instagram named climothy <laughs> sorry climothy. what a stupid fucking name um <laughs> he, he, hey i'm climothy nice to meet you
0: he kind of got like a... I love <laughs> I love voices. It's, he's so
1: funny. The, the voice is just funny to me. But um, no, so I didn't do too much voice acting in that episode. I had a bunch yeah. of friends try their hand at it. And I had a friend named Greg who did an Alex Jones impression for oh this uh, for while reading the <laughs> Clash at Demon Head manual, which is an, a pretty obscure NES game. But though, for those who know Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, that is the name of the Ooh. band in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, which, interesting! I love Scott Pilgrim, which they got from the game. You know, it's you know that uh, that, that comic and that movie is yeah. filled with video game references, and the one of the bands at the Battle of the Bands was Clash of Head, which is an actual mm-hmm. NES game. So yeah, um, that that's the one that sticks that's out. That's so fun. You know? My friend Greg doing Alex Jones as uh, reading Clash of Demon reading the Clash of Head manual.
0: Oh man, that's that's a, such a fun idea, Kai. On our <laughs> show, he is literally the man of, of voices. I would say many voices, but he has like three that he does <laughs> all the time. So it'd be hilarious to get him to read some video game manuals. That's so cool. That's awesome, man. Uh, but Josh, to get people at home a little more knowledgeable about you and the kind of games you like, what kind of games have you been playing recently?
1: So outside of the games for outside of the game for this episode, I have been mm-hmm. playing Quake. Uh, the original Quake, I've been trying my hand at that for the first time, that's been a lot of fun. Um, I've been playing the original Diablo as well. Ooh, um, trying my that hand... Diablo in, yeah. Well, not the Di- I'm still a little iffy about uh buying games from Liz. Uh, I, I, I don't begrudge anyone who yeah. does this. isn't going into like a whole holier than thou rant or anything shit like that. It's just I personally yeah. am not quite sure how I feel about it just yet. Um, yeah. So I've been playing the original, though, and been enjoying both Quake and Diablo. And then in terms of more newer stuff, I have, of course, been playing Tears of the Kingdom a little on and off here and there. Haven't been able to get too far into it. I've only probably logged about five or six hours, which is like nothing uh, in in that game, and as well as compared to other people. So, yeah, I'm trying to think, have I played anything else besides those three games? Um not i not that i can think of oh i be, i dabbled with a little streets of rage little streets of rage on the oh nice so yeah that's that's what i've been playing
0: that's awesome i know for me whenever i have these questions or someone like brings it up i'm like most of the stuff i'm playing is probably content related like oh, all i'm making a podcast for absolutely Yeah, exactly it.
1: the only game that i will play periodically <laughs> there are two games that i play while i'm editing episodes of my show because it's something ooh can interesting do mindlessly. tell me minecraft it's like solo minecraft just like building Mm -hmm. a house not having to worry about zombies like not even creative mode it's survival just but peaceful yeah so that way i i I can focus i don't have to focus on not dying i can just focus on Mm -hmm. crafting and not just have everything be straight uh because if if it's creative i'm too busy focusing on what i'm building versus when it's survival but peaceful i'm focusing on what resources i need to get. Meandering. it's just meandering Uh, And Power Wash Simulator. I play Power
0: Wash Simulator while I edit. I still need to play that. So many people have been saying it's great. And editing, it might be the perfect editing game to play too. It really
1: is, because it's just (sighs) mindless washing. It's great. It gives me something to do because I listen to the full episode all the way back. Some people, yeah, I do the same thing. It's been kind of cool guesting on so many other different shows because then I'll listen and I'll see their like editing techniques. I know some people Mm -hmm. when they have like something like, "Oh, can you edit this out?" They'll snap their fingers into the microphone so they can just see the the mark on the, on the audio yeah. file. And, and like, they'll
0: just go and cut that instead of listening it, to the whole exactly. episode all the way through. Interesting. I,
1: I can't do that. I have to
0: listen to the whole thing because there's always... Like, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm way too meticulous. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'll listen to the whole thing back. <laughs> Same.
1: I... I I'm and it's the worst. So I on for my Patreon content, I do still bonding, which is like a James Bond yep. podcast. Those episodes are like two and a half to three fucking hours long. Can I swear on this? It's a lot of Minecraft you're playing. Yeah, yeah. You okay. can swear. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, two and a half to like three and a half hours long, and I have to do that on top of my four main episodes throughout the month. So it's just like oh man. It is brutal trying to keep up with that. So uh, these games, these like mindless, like uh, I can just not I can focus on the podcast while doing while keeping my hands busy and my mind a little bit more active is perfect. Mm -hmm. So I'm playing those. And then periodically I'll play Age of Empires, too, because I'm a huge sucker for RTS games.
0: Mm-hmm. well a power wash simulator I, I, they've i kind of want to check it out because there's been so many just wild collaborations between final fantasy 7 to spongebob <laughs> and it's just like i want to see where else this game goes because they've been just they've been grabbing anything they can and like oh if you if you know it you can watch it
1: what's kind of cool about about that game is that there's an actual storyline in the main campaign
0: there, uh, Wait, there's an actual narrative to this game very very air, very, air quotes narrative yeah.
1: it, okay uh, it's there's not really like any like there's no character development it's not like you're like getting yeah. uh, like emotionally attached to anything you're not going to finish <laughs> power wash
0: simulator is not going to make you cry no
1: power wash simulator is <laughs> not going to make you cry but okay what's <laughs> fascinating about it is that there is an actual story being told by the, that's so funny as you play i i don't want to say any more than that because it's like i think oh. i i no not because it spoils it because i think oh, okay it, um, i was like oh okay no 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 it, to be very clear this is not a groundbreaking story but what i like about it is that it's a v- really good example of how to tell story through environmental storytelling without any exposition there is So extremely little exposition. I can think of maybe like two or three lines total throughout the entirety of the game. And that's it. Barely. barely. And it's just, it's really well done storytelling. I've never played this game, but it kind of reminds me of what I've heard of Unboxing. You know that game Unboxing?
0: That's another one on my list too. Yep, that's like kind of a turn your brain off kind of game. Yeah,
1: well, but un, un or unpacking or maybe that's what it is. Oh, unpacking, unpacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that one also, like, because it, it shows the life of like. There's mm. no story per se, but if you pay attention to what's being packed and unpacked, you can see people go through yeah. th- this fictional person go through the various stages of their life uh, underlying storytelling that's yes. happening well it's environmental it's it's all told through just the objects on screen and not through any dialogue or exposition and so yeah i i i like i i find that stuff interesting and how I, I'd be curious if environmental storytelling can do that with like can ha- tell a really good narrative with just the environment like nothing else. Mm. I, there, mm-hmm. There's probably an example out there that I just don't know. But um, yeah, I think this is a really boat, at least in Power Wash Simulator's example, a really strong example of a game that's able to tell a, a full narrative arc once again not saying it's great or groundbreaking or you're gonna finish the game and go but without any
0: kind of like bits of dialogue or bits yeah, of like actual it, spoken yeah, word but that
1: but from just a pure design perspective it's really cool to see
0: okay well i may bump uh, power Wash simulator up on the backlog because definitely it, so many people just saying this game was amazing and i need to check it out it's fun because i also have games like that where i play while i record surprisingly enough and it's very topical Pokemon. I play Pokemon games when I edit because I've played a, a, so many of them so much that it just like turned my brain off. Catch Pokemon fight gym leaders. And that's literally, I don't, mm. I mean, Pokemon definitely does not have a deep narrative. No, <laughs> so no. I don't need to like focus on anything like that. So <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, for me, again, a lot of the stuff I've been playing is for the podcast. Tears of the Kingdom, which has been most of my time. Uh, we started a new uh, series on our on our main channel that is played longer, where we're going to be tackling some games that are a little bit longer than our normal format. Which I, we've been talking about Death Stranding. So I've been playing through that, which has been a ton of fun. It's an interesting game uh, for I sure. But
1: tried that game and I could not get into it. I just I mm. I just don't. I'll, I don't yeah. want to press you on your opinions because you're saving, you're, you got to keep them for your show, but I, I'm excited yeah. to hear that.
0: Uh, my opinion is that I could see how that people would have that opinion of, <laughs> <laughs> of jumping off of this game. It's, it's the nichest niche that you can possibly think of because just Kojima at his most unhinged. He was like right off the uh, off the backs of being kicked out of Konami. He's like, "Oh, you're not gonna let me do this. I'm gonna do everything."
1: If that's him, un- him unhinged, that saddens me because it's like I don't have any restrictions anymore. What are you, Kojima? You're not <laughs> oh, being that's restricted a- by Konami. You don't. <laughs> you can do anything you want. Well, I just want this guy to try to balance a lot of boxes on his back and walk across a plateau. <laughs> That's fair. Okay.
0: It's very. You, it's about Josh. It's about connection. You did. You got seedings. It it's about connecting the world, and we're all one person. And I, or you're just a mailman delivering packages. I mean,
1: so you're. Are you telling me it's basically just Fast and Furious meets box collecting, box balancing? Yeah, exactly. Family? It's all about family. It's all about family. It's <laughs> the most important. It's the most important. I thing. saw the newest Fast
0: and Furious movie, so that's been on my mind. <laughs> uh, the other thing that well, you would. Uh, have interest in is I've been playing I jump back into uh, Ratchet Deadlocked which Ratchet Deadlocked is my favorite Ratchet and Clank game I know you're a huge fan of that series as well
1: it's so good I, I never played it when it first came out I love it though
0: yeah, I think Deadlocked was the perfect time because I was like an angsty teen and it was like a darker, yeah. brooding like Ratchet and Clank game. So I was like, oh yeah, the dark and I remember really enjoying it because one of the uh secret costumes you just play as Jack from Jack mm-hmm. and Daxter, and I love the Jack and Daxter series too. I miss that. I miss like secret costumes with like other games from franchises that well, you a know developer how that has happened, used right? before. Do you know how no that is?
1: Uh, Naughty Dog and Insomniac at the time those games are being developed shared an office space or, or they were literally oh, like, right cool. next door to each other basically so that's why in Ratchet and Clank 2 going commando you you can actually in like one of the cities you see a Jack and Daxter mural and in Jack 2 yeah. you see a Ratchet and Clank thing
0: like I think a picture or something like in uh, that one dude's that's bar cool. or whatever. That's yeah. awesome. I really I really want Jack and Daxter to get the Ratchet and Clank treatment. I think they can come back. They can come back and have a similar boon as the Ratchet & Clank series does. I don't know. I, I love Jack and Daxter. I could see it if they update the gameplay.
1: Not the gameplay. If they update the combat. Because Ratchet mm. & Clank's combat... If if you go back and play the PS2 version of Ratchet & Clank 2. I'm not going to say the first one. First one had some rough around yeah. the edge of stuff. But mm. 2 still holds up. It's so... Yeah, going Commando is great. It's one of the... It, it literally... I would say up until um into the nexus which was the last PS3 mm. title it kept and even into the nexus is an iteration off of going commando's formula yeah. um it set the formula for the whole series jack and daxter i yeah. love that series especially the storytelling the storytelling is really yeah, underrated i
0: loved the, the the world building like the the world and everything love it the people who know jack and daxter and like jack and
1: daxter love the story and the people who don't yeah. It's because they only played the first one. And then when they saw that Jack Jack 2 was basically Grand Theft Auto, Jack, and Daxter, they're like, that's fucking stupid. And then never tried it. And to be fair, it was a really weird idea. but It, it, really, it was a weird decision.
0: Yeah. That's the least compelling uh, aspect of Jack 2, yeah. for sure. But the story I mean, Jack getting Daxter. a voice, having having a voiceless ca- character, now having a voice is an interesting uh, change, too.
1: Well, and his first line is that, I'm going to kill Praxis. First line yeah. out of him. And I it 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 does it really sets the tone right away. But the, my biggest gripe with Jack two and three specifically is the combat is fucking abysmal. It is so hard to like you can't yeah. aim. Like they they design around it well enough, but it is just a slog of just never ending waves of enemies, and you constantly running out yeah. of ammo because you can't aim at all. Like yeah. if they turn it into a straight up third person shooter with uh With, yeah. um with like some platforming, like some elements. platforming. I'm yeah. cool with it, but if they try yeah. to, but it has to be more of a shooter. Like Ratchet and Clank is like more is like shooter and platformer with a slight bent towards shooter. I think Jack yeah. and Daxter needs to go farther to that shooter bent, like the
0: shooter side. Yeah, I, to be I, I will, I will agree that like Ratchet and Clank really like nailed that formula more, and. Because for first of all, a, th- a third person shooter and a platformer already seems like a complicated a genre. First of all, and then you play Ratchet and Clank, and you're like, oh yeah, that's fine. But Jack and Dexter, you could really feel that <laughs> struggle between figuring out gunplay and exploration and movement throughout the game too. So I understand. And then they added vehicles and stuff in yep. three, and yep. they had the cart rate, the racing one, and everything. So I didn't mind the vehicles, oh, but man. yeah,
1: it, it's it's it was a lot. But I I'm with you. I I really wish they would bring it back. And apparently, before Last of Us got made. Made. that was going to be a fourth Jack and Daxter game before they just kind of like, no, it's saw me.
0: I saw the concept art, yeah. and I was like, oh,
1: dude, actually... So I wanted it. You know what? Hold on. Give me like two seconds.
0: Oh, he's bringing... It's show and tell, everybody. He's bringing out I things. Know, I'm, I know excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. see this, and uh, it's okay. It's feel, for me. It's not for feel them. Feel
1: free to cut this out if you don't want to. This isn't... Oh, this isn't, that's so cool. This is from Limited Run Games. It's a Jack 4 ps4 like mock-up case it there's no disc yeah. in it there's no game but it's got pro like promo art on the back of it Um, and yeah it, it's still sealed in its wrap it's like why I, would I open this why would I even yeah
0: there's no there's nothing in there's it there's no need to open it, to it. when I saw um when I saw limited run do that I was very tempted to grab one but I was like ah, ah. well, you, to get the jack-four thing you needed to buy the
1: remakes of jack mm. one through three which I did yeah. i actually have the big collectors edition one of jack one mm-hmm. like it's it's in like this binder with a little literal metal precursor orb um, oh that's so cool I'll, I'll show it to you after
0: we're done recording i can i can put oh, yeah. on that but yeah
1: sorry i'm sidetracking the conversation
0: no, man, I'm all about tangents here, especially if they have to do with Jack and Dexter and Ratchet and Clank. I am 100% down for that.
1: But We just talked about this off mic, too, about how
0: there's the unhinged co-host. I'm teetering on that a little bit, but sorry. Uh, go, yeah. on, go, on, yeah. go on, my friend. I'm going to teeter to try to be the co-host that, that raids <laughs> it in. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get into the first game of the evening, the game that Josh recommended me to play, which is Gravity Rush. So Gravity Rush initially came out in February 2012 in Japan and then June 2012 in the States and everywhere else. Uh, Initial release on the PlayStation Vita and then later came to the PlayStation 4. Uh, This game is, like I was telling Josh before the podcast, this uh, game has an interesting development because the idea for it started off with another game called Siren Blood Curse. It was another game made by PlayStation. That was kind of where um, the idea of this gravity moving your character around, they started playing with it in the uh, while they were developing Siren Blood Curse. Uh, it eventually was supposed to launch on the PlayStation 3 because they really wanted to take advantage of the PlayStation Three 6-axis controller and then use that access to control the character that you would initially use. They eventually got wind of the PlayStation Vita being in development, which at the time was codenamed Next Gen Portable, and so they shifted production from the PlayStation 3 over to the PlayStation Vita, because the Vita was rumored to have the same power as the PlayStation 3. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, little did they know, is there was some give and take to uh, that power, and the Vita ended up being not as powerful as they had initially thought, but... The the development of Gravity Rush continued on and launched actually with the Vita. When they announced the Vita itself, Gravity Rush was one of the games that they announced for the initial lineup. Unfortunately, when the, the game had had launched, it suffered from a lot of frame rate issues and other issues too. Ultimately, it did get a sequel and ultimately the initial one got ported to the PlayStation 4 as well. But Josh, I'm curious for you, what was it about gravity rush that would want you to recommend it to someone else also there's just a cat in front of <laughs> i saw
1: that uh gravity rush uh, the reason i recommended it is because one it's it's a unique gameplay mechanic the gravity the, the gravity shifting mechanic isn't something you've really i've really seen in other games and it's not something i've really like, yeah I, I see in many games at all just period um two it's now actually i gotta ask you this what did you play it on did you play it on the ps4 i'm assuming
0: i played it on i played the ps4 version i played on ps5 but yes i played the ps4 version so i have i played it on the vita version i have
1: i have a Mm. copy of it for my vita and it's one of the coolest games in terms of how it uses the vita's additional features and mechanics so yeah I, it's it's not the best game that, ever, that utilizes Vita's stuff, but it is a very good one. I think Tearaway is actually the best Vita game, just period. That yeah. It... it I don't know why more people didn't take a like a, a page out of that because I uh, I, I could rant about how oh, great game
0: was. Tearaway was so cool, and that was a little bit of my hesitance with like Gravity Rush. I mean, this was a game that I wanted to check out for a while, but with this and Tearaway and them having their ports to PlayStation, the the Vita compatibility and what the Vita did with those games is really what made them interesting, right? Like Tearaway, yeah. like seeing your finger from the back pad mm-hmm. of the the the, 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 exactly the, the Vita it. and everything yeah, so many things to so like that those ports to the the PlayStation four lose a lot of, of that that charm that just the Vitas ergonomics provided for the games.
1: i I think that the 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 touch controls on the Vita were fun, but they they weren't necessarily like something mm-hmm. that was necessary but it also didn't take away. Like it was a good balance of like, so for example, there's like a move that um, Kat can do. That's the main character's name where she can do like Mm. a gravity slide and just go like straight forward to do it on the Vita. You just touch the bottom left and bottom right sides of the screen at the same time. You don't even have to hit a button. You could just tap. Oh, interesting. And it was really fun because it, it didn't, it was touch controls that weren't invasive. And that was the, that's the biggest compliment I can give it because yeah, one of the biggest issues with the ds and the wii and a lot and like a lot of other those gimmicky type of non uh non uh what's the word i'm looking for non-customary or uh non yeah. fuck what's the word i'm looking for um but you know just a non uh normal control stream not what we're all used to yeah it's very easy for and it happened a lot on those systems where they were used really poorly like nintendo forced Mm. game devs to incorporate like either wii motion controls or a stylus or something and not every game calls for it and yeah the
0: ds zelda games were the perfect example like i i think those games are good but being shoehorned into playing that game entirely with a stylus kind of makes that game on un- i wouldn't say unplayable but it makes it difficult to play because of the gimmick that they forced people to use
1: those didn't bother me so much because they incorporated some of the boss fights around that like how you would have to use like, that grappling true. hook to and you would draw on yeah. the screen
0: and all that stuff mm, uh, the boomerang that you can draw it's like yeah, path and everything. yeah i thought
1: that was really smart um but what really the, the an example i like to give of like a game that uh used touchscreen controls that really didn't like need it uh like a lot of the um what's the word I'm looking for like Call of Duty games there's a lot of Call of Duty games on the DS that you just the like oh man
0: or the Wii Call of Duty games the, yeah too?
1: like it's it's stuff like that where it's like you just you don't need this and i think you like if you if you try to force it it's it's not going to work and with this mm. What I, what I liked about the Vita was that the games that were on it, there was varying degrees of gimmick in, in, like implementation. So, like, yeah. Tearaway, there was gimmicks everywhere. But in this one, it oh, yeah. was just the right amount. And I actually loved, because the, the gyro in the Vita, you would aim with the right joystick like you would on a regular game controller. But mm. you could... One, like, you could do a quick aim with the controller, get to the general vicinity, and then just angle the Vita just slightly to, to pinpoint the spot you want oh, to attack. Interesting. So you could do that really quick, and it became really easy to do snap-like aiming things because you could just whip the joystick in one direction, get to the general vicinity of what you're aiming at, and then just use mm. them ever so slightly. Just tilt your Vita in the slight direction that you want it to go. And it was yeah. great it did have its drawbacks because sometimes if you're trying to, if you're rotating your video around too much, then it messed with the camera. But yeah. So, um, the reason I, to get back to the reason I actually recommended it is that it's a game Mm. with a really interesting game mechanic. It's got a fun character, a fun world. I think the visual style is actually really fun to look at. It's, it's like this like anime cell shaded, uh, world with kind of like a 1920s aesthetic with the music and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it it's got a really anime based like an anime ass story but in a good way like i think it works it's yeah. it's intriguing and it's fun and the combat yeah. honestly is a shitload of fun in my opinion
0: yeah well that's why i really enjoyed playing this game too was the the narrative didn't feel like it was too heavy at least initially right where it had this like goofy undertone is very a very anime plot. Uh, visual, the game was beautiful to look at, but the the main standout between any other games, and we can get into it here, was was that gameplay. And I'm so curious to hear touch on now the comparisons between the Vita and the PS4 version because initially when I was talking to other people about playing um, Gravity Rush, some people said they had issues with it being like motion sick and everything, and I was like, oh, that doesn't really happen to me in, in games, and. Initially, playing through Gravity Rush, it didn't. But there were some times when I was yeah, fighting right. combat where I was, I was like, oh, I was getting, I was feeling a little queasy while playing, and I was like, oh, this is so interesting. I hadn't I hadn't had that happen in a game before.
1: I just, and I also, I, it 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 can be very disorienting, especially when you're trying to shift yeah. gravity in a bunch of different directions at the same time. I I really love though that some of the attention to detail though, like when um it, it it's smart like they didn't have to do this but it, mm. it, it's smart to help with the players to to keep the player oriented as to which direction's actually down when you yes when you change the direction of gravity um and cat is standing on a wall or standing upside down mm. her hair still follows the flow of gravity so if you're standing sideways on a wall her hair will be at a 90 degree angle going down
0: i didn't even realize that that is genius and if she's upside down it's
1: hanging directly upside down it's shit like that where it's wow it it helps the player it's this slight visual cue to help the player keep an eye on like where like gravity natural natural gravity is actually going yeah
0: um yeah because it, it, it doesn't help too that like the the world isn't just in normal gravity either there's a giant gravity cyclone in the middle of the first town yeah and, or the first yeah. place that you are where all the buildings are in different directions So there's been lots of times where i thought like cool i'll deactivate gravity and i'll fall to the ground and i fall in a completely opposite direction i was like well that's not that's not so if i realized i didn't even realize the hair thing that would have helped because i'm like cool hair's going down i'm going to fall down now if i deactivate my gravity yep. but that's so interesting
1: uh, I also really like, uh, the, like I said, the combat is just a lot of fun because Cat has yes. a lot of basic attacks, but then she can also do gravity kicks, so you can, like, shift gravity oh, real I, quick. I
0: love the gravity kick, And then she bounces
1: off of it, so you're doing, like, a very mm. anime-style Uh and even some of the other smaller attention to detail bits, where like if you activate gravity when there's pedestrians nearby, they also float up with you. And if you shoot yep. gravity off, you I've probably I probably launched so many civilians off the edge of this world because the for those who've never played it, the the city that you're exploring, it's a big open world game. Yes. Which remember, this is on a Vita. Like this is really impressive yeah, to think it's this wild that this was running on the Vita. Is on a Vita. And you can like launch, like you'll keep going with gravity, but the people you've floated with you, they're not so lucky. They eventually drift off from your gravity <laughs> pole. And the, you just hear, so this, like, you go, ah, ah, ah! they just scream off. And yeah. Go, you give me the power
0: the to, like, throw people and items with the gravity, you know I'm going to take advantage of that. You know people are going to be tossed all over the place just you're because I to.
1: That's the thing. Like, if you're oh, in the yeah. middle of a fight and you have to hurry, you're going to be picking up everything. There's, like, benches flying with you and there's yep. people just flying over the edge. Yeah. Like, how many people did we accidentally murder in this game? I would really want to know what that kill count was.
0: It would have been... I was just about to say that it would have been really cool to have like a kill count or an achievement <laughs> or like a trophy. That's like you're a terrible person or something yeah. like that for tossing people off a ledge. Uh, but that's what I really enjoyed about the combat. So I'm someone, I'm a huge anime fan. I love anime and in a lot of the games that have, you know, anime characters and anime themes to them. They don't, especially at least for myself, some, some turn-based games that aren't as action RPG kind of styles. They don't have that feeling of big anime fight scene, you know, yeah. but in gravity rush, when it being able to manipulate the gravity and using the gravity kick and the bounce off after you come in the enemy and aiming at, at another enemy and doing that really had that feeling of like big anime boss fights and everything. And I, and I loved that aspect of it.
1: I'm with you on that. I really enjoyed it. I, uh, I like, uh, especially, like, the villains are very over-the-top anime, too, with, like, uh, Mm. oh, my gosh, I'm blanking on the dude's name. He's, like, wrapped up in, like he looks like something straight out of like
0: he has like his head wrapped up and he's like yeah. wearing the suit that's kind of like half unbuttoned yeah
1: he he looks like something straight out of te, like that Tetsuya Nomura would make up um, <laughs> yeah like because he's got belt buckles but they're all
0: covering his face it's very he's Xehanort he, that's his, <laughs> he was him the whole time man we should have had it's Eric canon. on for this one Eric from, <laughs> from Unlockables his ears perked up just now when we were talking about Kingdom Hearts Yeah, he, <laughs> he get a shiver going at watch,
1: watch him like DM yeah. one of us and it's like <laughs> like, were you guys talking about uh, <laughs> Tetsuya Nomura? Kingdom Hearts? Zand- Kingdom Hearts? Uh, no, I'm trying yeah. to remember what this dude's name is too. I'm looking it up right now just to I can remember. But he like super over the top anime design. I also love the world building in this game. Like the idea that yes. there's like this world pi- like this world pillar, and like you go up and down the mm. world pillar, and there's different civilizations on each level of the world pillar. Yeah. That was really interesting. I, I just I really mm-hmm. like so much about this game uh, the reason why i i recommend this game too there's a huge emotional connection to it for me because i um interesting for the longest time and it still is the case to, an, to a degree handheld gaming i'm talking pre-switch era back when handhelds were separate consoles and who knows maybe we'll see another handheld in the future but um I mean PlayStation sort of getting a handheld get the
0: the new streamy thing or the whatever. The thing is they already yeah. did
1: that. The Vita could do that with the um yeah. with the PS3 and the PS4. Like they yep. have done it before. Mm-hmm. It's just that now they're doing it again. And I like how everyone's like, "Oh, the Wii the Wii did it and that was so successful." I'm like, "Well, first off, the Wii the sorry, the Wii U failed because Nintendo was shit at marketing it. I was like, yeah, there was a
0: lot of amazing games on Wii U because they're all on Switch now. You see all those amazing, like there was good content on the Wii U and I I thought the Wii U gamepad was fine. I didn't have, I mean, it has its flaws for sure, but it was definitely marketing that Nintendo struggled with in the Wii U era. But I
1: just think it's weird that people are blaming the gamepad for the failure of the Wii U. I'm like, there's a lot more to it than that. There was (laughs) was a lot more issues for sure anyway so i i always struggled with playing handheld games even though i have like i mean you can see a bit of my collection mm. behind me none of the things you see on no. screen jared is handheld stuff but like i have DS. say none of it's
0: real it's just a green screen back here i have
1: you know i have ds games i have game boy games i yeah. have gba i have 3ds and the vita was the first handheld that i bought and owned that I, when, mm. the moment I got it, I started playing games that were contemporary for it. I sat down and I played through all oh, of Gravity Rush. I played through all of Tearaway. Um, I've I've played a handful of other games, like Killzone, uh, the Killzone game
0: for it. I was going to say, did look, you dabble on any of the FPSs yeah, on oh, uh, Vita? Killzone yeah. on it is fantastic.
1: I never beat it, but it's like visually, it's like I can't believe this is on a handheld. That's really cool. But um. So, the reason this game has that emotional attachment to me, that emotional connection, is because I Mm. never really played handheld games. And it wasn't until the Vita Mm. where I was like, I like this. Like, I was just so enamored with the art style, with the world, with the combat Mm. that, excuse me, I played through the whole thing. And so, whenever I talk about So whenever I talk about the Vita, I always try to tell people, like, try out some of these games because it's a system that Sony abandoned so quickly and didn't do a good job marketing. And there's some fucking bangers on this system and oh,
0: so i love the vita yeah. so much and it's unfortunate now because like the switch has now been kind of that the, the play the go-to place for handheld indies but i played so many of my indie games on vita yeah like hotline miami and all of the um oh gosh i'm blanking on that what is this the the 2d skateboarding one why am i blinking? i don't know world? it off the top of my head There's there's a current one on PS4. Ollie Ollie, yes. Ollie Ollie and Ollie Ollie Two were both on uh, the PS Vita. Ollie Ollie World is the most recent in that series. But I'm a huge fan of skateboarding games and having this like 2D side-scrolling indie skate game, and I played that on my Vita so much. Mm -hmm.
1: It's it's a it's a great handheld, and it really doesn't get its it really is. Um, But Gravity Rush just like it stuck out to me just because. Mm. it the because of the world building and the gravity mechanic i was just like this is such a cool idea and it
0: it's really unique too because mm-hmm. i haven't seen any other game tackle it at least in the way that gravity rush tackles
1: in it. an open world setting i think specifically too right and it, yeah. it is so freeing like once you get really powered up and you increase like your, mm. your stamina to be able to do gravity stuff like the, the city's huge, and when you first yeah. start off, you need to take trains to get from one district of the city to the next. However, if you get powerful enough and you time your gravity right, you can, like, launch... Oh,
0: you could just go from one to the other? You can just
1: go from one to the other. It's
0: great. That's why I, I, I found a lot of times early on that uh, I got very... Um, confident with my traversal and ran out of stamina a lot. Fell <laughs> <laughs> to my death a lot and trying to like learn the mechanics and figure out how the gravity worked, mm-hmm. but luckily I it does refresh pretty quickly. Like once I ran out of stamina, I would fall and then by the time sometimes I would die depending on my height, but other times I would have that stamina reignite pretty quickly and I was able to launch to the nearest building or yeah. anything like that. But yeah, it's it's crazy. I love the gravity mechanics so much in this game um one thing we had, had talked about a bit is the the plot of this game which like we said is a pretty it's a pretty anime plot mm-hmm. and it's pretty like crazy in some of those capacities so like josh was saying you play a character named cat and she's an insomniac character or not insomnia amnesiac. Amnesiac. <laughs> amnesiac character she can't yes, sleep that's, and she doesn't <laughs> know who insomniac. she is
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and then ratchet and Clank come out and they no uh yeah i mean uh amnesiac character wakes up doesn't know where she is and tries to have to get her footing in this she runs into this magical cat which is the cat what gives her her powers or does she have the powers
1: already i believe the cat is what gives her her powers because uh okay. and there's another character named raven who has yes, a yeah. raven version of it and raven. you notice cat even though it's spelled with a k she has a cat raven the character raven has a raven with her and that's where has a raven. yeah so she i believe she gets her powers from the Whatever animal, the
0: spirit animal, for lack of a better term, uh, yeah, she gets her powers from that. Yeah, I think it's funny that, like, it is cat and cat and raven raven because it was someone else that it was the the dude that gave her the name cat because she had a cat running around with her. So he's like, Oh, yeah, it was his name, his name Sid, or I don't remember the, the soldier guy Sid that was the soldier, initially dude. yeah,
1: Sid was the soldier dude,
0: yeah. Yeah, and he—he's the one that gave her the name Cat, which I thought was interesting because that's like kind of how it works with them, which is hilarious. Um, yeah, but the—the the story in this game is—is is just batshit crazy. I so okay, we'll—we'll we'll usually do save it to the end, but here, so I didn't finish uh, Gravity Rush. I've got past this first was it heck heck Hexville or heck or yeah. whatever the, the main like, yeah, yeah. I got past a lot of that, but I didn't get to the very end of this, but how do you, how do you feel about the, the narrative of gravity rush?
1: I remember really liking it. I'd have to re. I mean, it's been like mm. a decade since I've replayed it. Um, so it's been quite yeah. some time. I did replay a little bit of it for this episode, but I didn't get very far back into it. Um, so, I'd have to replay to really give like an honest opinion now because it's like obviously me mm. from 10 years ago is a lot different from the me now. What I will say though is I, th- I think I inadvertently spoiled something for you then with the world building thing. So, my apologies for that. Hopefully, you don't remember. Oh,
0: it. no, it's okay.
1: Hopefully, you don't remember. <laughs> I
0: honestly it. don't remember. What All you right, said. that's good then.
1: Um, <laughs> okay, cool. And who knows? Maybe by the time you're editing this, uh, you'll hear me spoil it and then we get to the spot again you're like oh i still don't remember what
0: he said i still don't remember or i'm past the part i mean yeah, it because it i i i do want to continue playing hey, this game hey, there we go. it's a ton of fun i'm i'm enjoying it uh something i am curious about and i don't know if you have any experience with it but have you played the sequel
1: no i own it
0: uh but i have not okay. had a
1: chance to play it
0: i had to get the sequel cuz okay. i loved the first one
1: um yeah for me with the story though i think what i like more about it is the world building so because the world building mm. is what honestly stuck with me. I don't remember much of the characters. Um, I barely yeah. remember anything about Cat. I didn't even remember she was an amnesiac. Uh, like I didn't even remember yep. that. But I just remembered the world that it inhabited and like this, r- just everything mm. else about it. Like the kind of like the the lore uh, surrounding the world itself. Um, there's some yeah. there there are some cool moments that you haven't gotten to yet if you haven't gotten past Heeksville. Uh, or Hexville well, that's what that's I don't called. know I oh actually no. know it's one other thing uh, that I really love um, just in, in the way the story is presented is within comic strips
0: mm. Uh, yes, that's. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, as like the the cutscenes come up, they are, are comic strips. And if you move the PS five controller, it like moves the thing. Because in the Vita,
1: yep. it does the same thing, and it, it it shifts how you can view it. In the Vita version, <clears throat> you have to swipe to get through it, which that, that doesn't swiping or hitting a button. It doesn't really add. I don't think anything to it. Mm. But I wasn't sure if it included the little gyro thing that depending on how you rotate it. Does. it. That's so cool. I'm so glad they. they excluded that because the visuals of the comics are really cool yeah
0: no they're they're a ton of fun and it would have been really cool to see like a lot of like if this game was made recently or that the sequel that a lot of ps5 like dual sense controller stuff with it because aside from just normal gyro stuff I don't believe there was anything in particular with the PS5 controller that was utilized with this game but I am glad that they did keep a lot of the gyro stuff in because I mean it doesn't like do really anything but it's just fun to like move your controller and I imagine if with the with, with the Vita you're like oh cool I can like I can move this and this is fun I
1: wonder if the gyro in the controller does, remember I said before like to when you're controlling gravity you can swipe with the joystick yeah. and then fine tune the aim with the gyro Row in the in the Vita. I wonder if it lets you do hmm. that on the PS5, or if like you aimed real quick and then rotated the v, the PS5 controller, if it would yeah. let you do something like. Because I to me, I feel like if they're doing that already with the comics, I feel like I, it actually it is very different, in within the gameplay versus uh, cut like because for all intents and purposes, it's Actual a cutscene that you're
0: uh, playing yeah. through.
1: But I wonder if they included that in there, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, like, the, the cutscene comic strip stuff is very noticeable. Like, when I moved it, it, it was clearly moving, and I and I haven't noticed being able to move Cat in a direction with the gyro while I'm fighting in gravity. Okay. I have to use the analog stick to move. I would imagine that if it was there, I would have noticed it because I I just – ADHD I move my controller yeah, all the yeah. time. I'm fidgeting with it and everything like that. So maybe it's there Maybe it's not I'm not sure. Um, was there any other like standout out? Um, touch controls or Vita specific controls, you know, you talked about the slide was uh, touching two thumbs on the on the screen I'm curious if there's anything else with gravity rush that was specific to the Vita.
1: I'm trying to remember because uh, I, yeah. what I played of it, I wasn't able to get back to the spot where they even allowed for the two, the bottom two button presses to like, right, that power um, up to come in, yeah, for that power up to even come in. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly, but mm-hmm. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll do some digging real quick while we're chatting, but yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think what I liked about it is that because it was gravity related and you kind of physically rotated stuff with your hands while playing, it kind of made it mm. feel a little bit more immersive in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so at least where I am in the plot right now, it's engaging enough where I want to learn more about it. But like Josh was saying, it is the environment. It is the world building. It is all of that that is really interesting the combat alone is so much fun i love the gravity combat and i'm excited to see kind of what other gravity powers that cat is going to get
1: i just looked up some of the touch controls from ign okay, you cool. swipe on the screen to evade enemies to do oh to do like is that the only way you can evade i don't know um let me see if it tells you any of the other stuff i mean
0: Yeah, interesting. I
1: think it doesn't matter where you touch. Like, you don't have to touch cat to do that. So I don't think that's... Yeah. It's too much of an issue. Um, The other one is that if you if you when you're doing the two-finger gravity slide you know you put your two thumbs on the mm. corner or what it has to be two fingers it could be anywhere yeah uh, i think it's on the bottom left and right corner so if you shake the vita then cat will jump so you can literally just ch- ch- and, <laughs> so, and just do quick That's and, so fun. It's kind of it's kind of cool. Yeah. Like i said like what i like about the controls in this is that they it would be so easy to do gimmicky stuff. They don't use the back touch screen at all because the game doesn't need really interesting. Not that I remember to be fair. I, I do remember actually maybe like on the map screen, if you touched it with like the back touch screen, it like did stuff to the map, but it's, it's been a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. I like though, that they didn't overdo it with the touch controls because it would have been way too easy. like, if you don't design around it then you're just designing a game with unnecessary like shitty mechanics yeah. and it, it just to yeah. shoehorn something in that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. So I'm happy they it's- didn't do that.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting too with with this because it seems like there is a lot of things in Gravity Rush that are like quote unquote gimmicky. You know, I feel like gimmicky has a as a negative undertone to it, but you know, in this sense it it's not. Like a lot of the things, a lot of the fun Vita specific mechanics that they brought into it, it seems like just helped immerse players more into that world mm-hmm. into everything like that and i could just see kids and people playing around with their vitas and shaking to try to make a <laughs> cat jump and everything like that like that that's a ton of fun and i don't know if it would have translated as well to the PS4 and PS5, like if I had to swipe like the pad to dodge, or if I had to do anything like that, I think it would it would feel a little tedious on the uh, on the actual controller itself. Probably, probably. I or cumbersome might be the a better word because I don't even like
1: it when games make you do that to be because there's a lot of PS4 games that would make you do yeah. stuff with that
0: touchpad in the center. Well, I played. Um, uh, I think Killzone Shadowfall was. A launch title for yes. PS4 and that they just like used everything like that touchpad was for Dude, everything <laughs> with, like, even
1: like we were talking about Ratchet and Clank before uh, the early yeah. PS3 Ratchet and Clank games they use the six axis controller for when Ratchet's doing like these skydiving situations you use the six axis oh, controller to like no have him go around like this move around and, like yeah if you go to the original Uncharted every time Nathan Drake walks across a fucking log you have to oh do you balance you have to balance with the controller it's yeah. it's not fun. It, it was a whole bunch of things where it's like this would be cool for immersion, and then not realize how obnoxious yeah. that would be. It's one of those things where the first time, like, it's one of the things I don't think game designers realize that this is cool the first two times, and then after but when the you're first playing two times, like a
0: twenty-plus hour game yeah. where you're having to use these mechanics, it gets a little cumbersome. So I, I'm glad that they they brought back some, and it seems like the only gyro is in the map and in the um the cutscene uh, comic panels yeah. in this, but kept a lot of the stuff but, you know, formatted to a, a more controller perspective, you know, circles, dodge, things like that. So I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, my my only gripe that I had, and it wasn't necessarily a gripe, is that some of the combat did make me uneasy and fighting some of it did kind of make me see a little that. queasy. I but can see that. You know what? Maybe even having the knowledge of the hair might help with that because a lot of it was during combat, but a lot of it was just an expectation and that expectation being taken away being like cool i'm going to take away gravity i'm going to fall this way and then falling in the completely opposite direction and then like panic to try to figure out how to reorient myself it does help so i think that's a lot out of it
1: it does help but it's still you'll still get disoriented i, I do agree it, that is a critique yeah. critical or critique you could make of the yeah. game where it, it can be very easy to lose track of which yeah. way gravity's supposed to go
0: yeah I like uh, I like the, the hair mechanic better because in my mind, I was like, oh, it, it'd be cool if they had like a button to reorient cat to like her normal position. But that also depends on where, again, with the, the town, normal gravity position is very loose yeah. in the sense of the structures that you're standing on. Because like with a, a topical uh, example like Tears of the Kingdom, when you're using Ultra Hand to grab anything, you can just hit the back trigger to orient it back to its flat position. It's like, okay, because there's lots of times where I'll get disoriented with that, and it's like, cool, flip it back to its normal orientation, and then continue on with building, I don't know if having that in this game would have helped, like an actual physical button. I think having something more immersive, like a hair falling in that direction, it feels a lot better in my.
1: Plus, opinion. Plus, if you had a button, then you'd have to completely, essentially, abandon whatever you're doing with gravity and then readjust anyway. That's fair, yeah, on the fly. Either or, either that or have like a camera button that, like, hit the camera button, hit yeah. this button to have the camera point to the direction gravity is. Which I still think could be disorienting mm-hmm. because then now all of a sudden you you've already built up in your mind in your mind's eye like w- where you are in this virtual space. Yeah. And now the camera is forcibly going in a different direction, so now you have to be like, okay, so I saw this building over there, but now that the camera's facing this new direction, where is it? In or uh, I, the yeah. thing I think is really smart, it, and it's it's a subtle Not- touch too.
0: Yeah. Now that you explain this, I think they would be so jarring if it was a button that like shifted the camera. Cause how like how jarring would it be if you're looking one way and then you just get like whiplashed another direction where like the camera is like, Oh, that's normal gravity. Like I think that would not work. I out think
1: for I it think at it at would all. be an okay solution, but not the best one. I think it would make yeah. it very disoriented. I think it'd make it more disoriented because you would, even though you would know which direction gravity is, it would be harder to remember the placement of the direction you wanted to go, type of thing. I
0: feel like. yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely um but before i jump into kind of my final thoughts of what i played and i kind of spoiled it for you guys but that i do want to continue (laughs) playing it is there any other questions about gravity rush or anything you were interested in um for me specifically
1: i guess what did you think of the the music and like kind of like the overall like aesthetic the game was going for because we touched on it then you mentioned you kind of thought it was cool go into it i'm curious your thoughts a little bit more on it
0: yeah, so I really uh, the music is interesting because it's 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 one of those tracks that I I couldn't like uh, replicate. I couldn't hum you a tune oh, yeah. no, no. to it, but it it's very atmospheric. It very like blends into the world in the background where it's like it's it's one of those perfect things where you you, you don't notice it, but if it was ever gone, you would notice it not being there. Kind of situation. I so I re- I really I really love the music. It's very atmospheric like you had touched on before just the whole visual style of this being like anime but it's also a little bit cell shaded and just the the world being like these crumbled cities mm-hmm. that are kind of surrounding this giant like uh, gravity vortex that's in the center <laughs> is is really interesting very and not striking. only th- yeah, yeah it's the, the the second you boot it up it's very it's like in your face and it's 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 there but to not only have it be very visual pleasing but also applicable in traversal and in combat and a lot of the times you'll see games that have buildings or structures or yeah, whatever yeah. and they're just they' they're set dressing right they're back there maybe you can enter a building maybe you can interact with an NPC but in gravity rush all of this architecture and everything around you it helps in your traversal and helps in your combat. You can jump to a wall to avoid enemies. You can jump to a platform way in the distance to traverse. You can kind of go all the way underneath all of the structures to go up and around, you know? So there's, there's so much cool ways of integrating the, uh, the world into just the character. And, And for me, it feels like it works. It works really well. And I, this makes me really excited to play the sequel because this was on the Vita. They had kind of the the limitations of it being on the Vita. I'm really curious to see what they did with it, uh, the console version mm-hmm. of this. The pl- the power of the PS4 and the power of that. I'm really curious of how they went and tackled that. But yeah, the visuals and the and the audio were were great. I really enjoyed them.
1: Cool. That's all I got. That's, I was just more yeah. curious about that.
0: Yeah. Cool. So yeah, for my final thoughts, I think. If you're someone like me who has heard about this game and have kind of a a vain interest, it seemed like a cool concept, and you've heard people talk about it and gush about it. I think it's something that you should check out. It presents an interesting narrative. It, I wouldn't go in expecting any kind of like deep uh, emotional narrative, at least from what I've seen so far. It hasn't hit this that isn't point. A Power Maybe a simulator we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not hitting deep levels like Power Watch Simulator over here but the 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 story is fun enough, cat is quirky enough where it's it's en- engaging and it helps like the player go through this narrative, which I think is great. The visuals and the combat are hands down the best part of this game. I agree. The world building that they do and and the way you go about traversing and doing combat is so much fun and so unique to really anything that I have played that I think you should check it out. If you are someone that is very susceptible to motion sickness and being queasy really easily uh i would i would say try it because me being someone that doesn't have that happen very often it did happen a couple times but i think i've i've started to orient myself to how the game works and i've started to get used to it so i would just keep that in mind when you are are playing that if you're someone that experiences that then maybe gravity rush is a is a walkthrough that you watch or watch someone else play Mm -hmm. it and in that sense but I like it. I'm gonna finish playing it because I, I wanna play through this and see this one through, but I I'm like really want to check out the sequel. Like part of me is not wanting to like ditch the first one, but it's like I really want to play through this so I can get to that. Like I really want to see what no, that's I like because that seems cool over there.
1: No, I get yeah. I'm glad you liked it though. I wasn't sure I I think yeah. it's a great game, but I totally understand not every game is gonna be for everyone. So I'm I'm happy yeah. you enjoyed it. I'm happy you liked it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy for the recommendation. Like I said, this has been in my backlog for a long time, and the great thing about Get Wrecked is it forces me to bring some of those games up to the front, so it's like, hey, I'll I'll take it, I'll take it. Okay, so now we're gonna move on to the game that I recommended Josh to play, which is Generation 2 Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal. Not all three of them, but... That That would be insane if I had to play all three. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Josh, can you play through three Pokemon (laughs) games for me? (laughs) Can I play through one? Yeah, exactly. No, they're all uh, very similar, and Crystal's the only one that has the, the exception with a couple of things, but... A uh, little bit about Pokemon Crystal. You know, Gold and Silver initially came out in October 13th, 2000 here in the States. We got Crystal the year afterward, but this is the second generation of Pokemon games. The sequels to Red and Blue. Josh has his copy right there. Super cool. There you go. Uh, but I, I think I touched on the top of this show. I was listening to uh, the Pokemon episode the one that I was supposed to be on before yeah. but I had multiple car issues that prevented <laughs> me from being on that episode. Um, but I was listening to that and you're like, yeah, I haven't played through the second generation of Pokemon games and just flipped my chair cuz I was like, okay, well you got to you got you got to play these yeah. games. You got to play through them. Uh, yeah, so th- this game initially was showed off in Space World of 1997 and it actually became one of the the very popular exhibits at that convention because you know Pokemon it just took off you know, Red and Red and Green launched in Japan, and Pokemon came out in the States. And between that and the trading cards and the anime, Pokemon was just taken storm. So when the sequels to Red and Blue came out, people were very excited for that. And these ones were true sequels. You know, you can travel back to the initial generation, and a time jump has happened. There's different characters. Do you know, who to, who we have to thank for that? Oh, who? Tell me. The late great
1: satoru Wada. Oh, He's the love one, he, Iwata. He is the one that was able to figure out how to program, uh, get all of Gen
0: 1 crammed into all of in Gen 2. literally uh, a, a, an insane, crazy scientist. Because The fact yep. that you have two essential full Pokemon games running on the Game Boy Color yep. on this one cartridge is just mind-blowing. It's insane. Uh, so... I, I kind of already talked about it, but why I recommended this game to you is because you haven't played it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go into the caveat of this is actually not like one of my top Pokemon games, specifically the Game Boy Color versions. I think the remakes help mitigate a lot of my issues with it. Soul Silver and uh, Soul Silver Heart and Gold. Heart Gold and Soul Silver, yeah. But there's something about this generation of Pokemon. I, I, I grew up playing the originals. I had Blue was my first one on, on mm-hmm. the Game Boy. And Pokemon, it, right when it came out, I started playing. It solidified itself as something that I was going to play for a long time or be hooked on because all of my friends had Pokemon. So we battled and we traded. The, the joy and glee when we figured out how link cables worked and that we can battle <laughs> and trade, I remember just being blown away about this like technology. and And Gen 2... Was really cool because of the the graphical difference between that the yes, Game Boy Color and the Game Boy version. It was it was a huge upgrade, and so a lot of that playing it originally, it really stood out to me. As a kid, you don't really look at a lot of that in a critical light. And now going back and playing through Gen Two, there's a lot of things that I would change. But Generation Two has always had a soft spot in my heart. And again, hearing you hadn't played it, I was like, OK, that's the that's the game that <laughs> Josh is going to play. Uh, for the reason why
1: I guess I never played it when it was contemporary, when it mm-hmm. came out, they're, it, they're all dumb. I don't have a good one. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, reason number. So let's list the, my dumb reasoning. Reason Here we go. number one mm-hmm. didn't have the missing no glitch. I love the missing no glitch because I could get Wait, a legendary. You didn't play cuz it
0: didn't have the missing
1: no glitch. I'm not saying these are good reasons, Jared. I love it. I love it. I've prefaced that <laughs> none of these are good reasons. Reason number 2, it starts off the game asking you what time it is. I didn't know how that would affect the <laughs> game. I was like this is too complicated for me. Why do I ha- why do I give a shit about the time? Yeah. Now as an adult I understand it's for, you know, different events that happen yeah. when certain Pokémon will spawn at during different times of the day depending on when you play. I understand all that now, but as a kid, as like a twelve-year-old kid, I'm like, why do you want to know what time it is? Do it, it's seven a.m. for me. Do you need to know that? Like, why do you need to know that? It didn't like that. It Really, it weirded me out for some reason. No idea why. I it, that's it, maybe so it funny. An anxi- I, it I love an that so much. That I don't understand. Uh, reason number three, I was cool with the one original 150. Now you're adding a whole bunch of new people that I don't give a shit about. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. I like Totodio. I like Cyndaquil and oh, I like yeah. Chikorita a lot. I Great like all starters. The new star- I like the starters a ton. So no issue with the starters, but, uh, so far in my playthrough, by the way, barely seen any of the new Pokemon, barely. And I, here
0: we are to my biggest gripe of this game. Like I won't, oh, really? I won't, okay. I won't rant on my soapbox too much because I want to get into how you feel about this game. But the Pokemon distribution in this game and the and the, um, the lack of variety is wild in these original games. Like you're running into yes. Pokemon later in the like you'll be eighth gym victory road even, and you're running into the same Pokemon that you're running into with, like Route One.
1: Dude, I'm noticing that too. I'm still getting fucking Rattatas and Pidgeys.
0: Yes, and that's my biggest <laughs> issue. Is like I, I, we're in Gen Two, and I've seen like two Gen Two Pokemon. Where, where's Where's the variety? I've seen a Hoot Hoot for like eight towns. There has to be more Pokemon here. Come on, man! I still haven't even seen a Hoot Hoot, not once. You know why? Is because they only come out at night. God damn this time thing. See, wasting <laughs> time.
1: Then reason, dumb reason number four. Why do Pokemon have pockets? Where are they, Where are they? Where are they? Why are they storing nuts on them? This uh. is dumb and then now you, i now i did like though cuz it yes. was on the show all the different berries you could get to like turn into turn them like, into different, different balls Pokeballs. yes yeah cuz that Super was on cool. the show so that was really fucking cool um so yeah i that those were the, but those are my actual four reasons that i yes. did not like the game when i was a kid none of them are good i'm being completely honest <laughs> none of them are actually any like that's yeah. not valid criticism that is me being a stuck in my ways fanboy of the original game, which I love the original Pokemon uh Gen 1 two pieces. Yeah. Um, but so playing through this playing through Gen two, this is actually like my probably my fifth attempt to play through Gen two. Um and I would always get sidetracked by something else. I actually had to play it on an emulator. Um by the way, Nintendo don't sue me. I own the original cartridge. Go fuck yourself. It's right I here. can legally own a ROM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I own the actual cartridge here in front of me. Correct. But uh but my save the bat I need to replace the battery on this thing, so that's why I couldn't use the cartridge.
0: I learned that the hard way by buying old games online and being like, Oh, this just doesn't work because the battery is dead and I have to replace the that's where all the saves are. If you didn't know, all the saves are stored on the battery on the cartridge locally. Well,
1: so sort of. So it's not on the, the battery supplies a very small the the way old game cartridges work is that they're ROM cartridges so all the data that you can save as much as it's physically allowed on the cartridge as long as there's power going to the cartridge so once that power turns off anything that's stored on there like so technically the original Legend of Zelda on the NES if you Mm. remove the battery backup you can quote-unquote save it it just
0: won't remember it just won't ever remember it oh interesting
1: it won't remember because there's no yeah. power going to the cartridge. What I the battery see. was meant to do is provide that tiny little bit of electricity, just you know, hey, you still awake, buddy? Just kind of poking at the save file. Yeah. Like keep keep, stay, keep your eyes open, buddy. It's okay, stay awake. That's what. And for thirty years, that battery has been keeping your poor <laughs> Pokemon awake on these cartridges. Um, but no, that's that's essentially the idea of what it was supposed yeah. to be. It's that's it's so fascinating. As soon as you turn it off, it. Anything that it could possibly save is wiped, yeah. except
0: for what's the core stuff coded into the game. And that Um, was my issue is like nothing would save. Like I would boot it back up and be like, this is the like boots. I'm back in the beginning. This is the initial boot screen.
1: Yep. And I don't want to have to do this again and again and again. Uh, This playthrough, though, what I've ended up uh, so far with my experience is Mm. that. I think the criticism you levied up at it, and I agree with you on, is the fact there's not enough variety has really hurt my enjoyment of this playthrough. Because yes. if I want to really experience a new generation, I feel like I need to see new Pokemon, and I'm not yeah. seeing new Pokemon. I, I've, hmm. I have a couple. I have Pseudo Wudo, which is a dumb, stupid Pokemon anyway. <laughs> it's their attempt at a new version of Snorlax, which is not nowhere near iconic as Snorlax. Oh no,
0: Snorlax is so iconic
1: um but I will say what I like about this I think the music is better than the first oh, game So good. Um, I, love I love the love music, the music game, yeah. in the first game but this yes. one I I love the soundtrack in this a ton mm. the visuals are great. I also really like, as much as I bitched about it when I was a kid, I love the pocket mechanic of like putting different berries in your Pokemon's pocket. So like if you if you're worried about something being poisoned, you can put like a poison cure berry or whatever berry cures a specific status ailment, or it could just be for a quick hit of HP to keep it alive so it doesn't die and it doesn't waste a turn. You're not wasting a
0: turn on an item. So especially with healing too, like being able to heal and being able to do things like that without having to waste a turn or waste potions and everything and now modern pokemon they've just skyrocketed that right now there's held items and there's abilities and you know that was Mm -hmm. this was prior to a lot of that stuff that kind of made uh, definitely made pokemon a little more complicated but no i i love that they have held items in that and they essentially provide those ailments without having like you said without having to take a turn which is great and i love building the new pokeballs because that's what i i remember as a kid loving the designs of like the lure ball and some of those yeah, other yeah. balls are really cool
1: and the visual yeah 100 percent. i actually enjoyed the visuals of like the different mm-hmm. style pokeballs as well um yeah I, I like i like that i do think the world and I, here's the thing i I'd like to know your opinion on it because oh, wow. you have a little bit more nostalgia for it than I do. And I I and I, the reason I, I preface that is because I don't know if my opinion here is stemming from the fact that I don't have nostalgia for this game mm-hmm. or if it's actually the case. Okay. I feel like the world is a little more hollow than Gen 1. Like, I, I, I remember Gen 1 feeling so much more massive to me mm-hmm. and, like it would take long. Maybe it's better game design in this. Maybe, maybe it's not, but I remember like just to get to like Cerulean city, like going through Mount moon was like an, or, an ordeal. Oh, like it God, was Jesus, Mount Moon. Get, yeah. like Mount moon was like, you had to work your way. And then later on, I think in between, um, uh, after like, maybe, maybe it's like vermilion or something, but like the, the dark cave that you go through, I forget exactly mm-hmm. where it's at. um, that was an ordeal too. That yeah. was a that was a long just drawn out dungeon before you got to the next gym, and in this one, I'm just like there are some bosses, some gym leaders that are giving me some issues. But it's mainly because I don't have the right, you know, uh, like type counteract- effectiveness type, and yeah. yeah, attack yeah attack type. Um, but I got to the fourth gym in relatively without really trying too hard like i'm i don't know if it's because i know what i'm doing now Mm -hmm. um but i remember like like pokemon gen one i feel like the the to get to in between gyms it felt like an ordeal and it felt like all the areas in between the cities were much Mm -hmm. more varied
0: this i just feel like i'm walking on a road for almost all of it i i will say so my initial reaction to that is i i think that for me gen 2 felt bigger i think that the 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 time in which it took to get in between things felt longer in gen one but i think that was just because of like age of the game and and tech technological capabilities of that too um because for me like i think about i I think you're right in the kind of the the a to b kind of feels the same like i feel like a lot of the between routes feel similar but the towns like mahogany town or like goldenrod city being this massive city and there's the radio tower i think this game at least for me provided more avenues that weren't pertinent to the original story or the the main story almost like side not side quests, but almost side content that you can do tower and uh, you you go back to the radio tower afterward. I don't think you can do any funny. radio tower stuff now, but you can go. You can go in there and talk to people. There's items that you can do. There's the whole like underground tunnel that runs through Goldenrod that you can go into. Um, in like Mahogany Town, they have both of the, the towers, the Tin Tower and everything. Like I really loved learning the lore about that. I think that's where it comes in lore this game felt like it had more lore bits to it more of like why these pokemon are here there's these ancient pokemon and like building up on that. this existence of like a lore and i think that's what made it feel like there's this bigger game this is a bigger world that you're going to because now we're expounding more on the idea of what these creatures are and integrating them more into the world rather than just like because we had mew mewtwo and I really like the idea of Mewtwo being a, a, a synthetic Pokemon, like something artificially created by man. I think that's a cool idea. But building off of like the the legendary dogs and Ho, uh, Ho-Oh and, Sweet and um, Lugia, I really like that lore behind them.
1: I, I do like that. I didn't even think about like each city does kind of have its own lore bit. Like if I, if yeah. I go back to like Gen 1, right? You know, Pewter City, Brock City doesn't really have much. Same with Cerulean City. There's not really yeah. a lore, other than the fact that like Bill lives up north. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, there's not a whole lot there. Um, then you get to Vermilion City, and you have Lieutenant Surge. Still not. You have the SS Saint Anne and whatnot. Yeah. but Like the, you don't really see any like town lore until you get to Lavender Town, right? Or you get to. Um, I think it's Celadon City is the fourth city with yeah. with Erica, the gym leader, and it's got the big department store at well, Celadon.
0: And- yeah. Well, even like, and you'll get to it too, but this, I mean, if you go post-game because, I mean, fighting eight gyms is a lot. but It's like, hey, how about you fight eight more? And you're like, no, oh, I already did yeah. this. But it expands on that too. Like Cinnabar is, is contextually different because a volcano erupted in the time between Gen oh. 1 and Gen 2. And like, so events like that are different. You'll see different characters and you'll see kind of towns oriented in different fashion because of just time that has passed between these two games. So I think, and, and maybe that's why too, I'm putting the context as in like, also Gen 1 being different. So now that whole world, it's like that's why it's huge because it's both of these generations and it builds off of that first generation and adds a little more context and a little more lore to that side of the game too. Yeah.
1: So then maybe a lot of it also is just then me... It's a combination, I mean, having no nostalgia for it, but also mm. I'm not talking to a lot of people because I find mo- like cause yeah. JRPGs have taught me anything. 90% of NPC dialogue is fucking useless. It's and all so filler. I, <laughs> it's all filler, so I just don't want to read all of it in slow text the whole time. Oh, and, God. Like, I just the text in those games, too. Um, yeah. So, and that's not the game's fault. I'm not actually... I don't think that's a negative yeah. thing. I think that's more of my lack of patience. Uh I don't have familiar familiarity with it like I do the first one where I I've probably read all of the people's ones in there, so I don't feel like I'm missing anything in this. I feel yeah. like I'm missing so
0: much, but I don't care. You don't care and, to, right. Yeah, and I, mean, I, I just don't care enough. So yeah. yeah. i think that's the same way i think the the difference in uh, again where that nostalgia comes in and playing it as a kid is because i was a kid and didn't have like open access to like internet or anything like that i remember talking to everybody like i just talked to so many people i remember getting lost a lot in that game and not knowing where to go because i was a dumb kid with my dumb kid small brain and i think that was probably a lot of the reason why i mean now it's the same thing even like you weren't
1: scared of a clock (laughs) yeah
0: That's (laughs) That's very <laughs> like <right>. me. <laughs> Even now in like modern Pokemon games, I find myself talking to some NPCs, but from my past experience, a lot of them don't really have anything interesting to say. So I was just like, I don't I don't care. I'll just move on. So I, t- I totally understand that. So
1: I think then, I think where it comes down to is I think this world is a lot more fleshed out than I than I'm feeling getting the vibe of it from because... Mm-hmm. I'm not talking to enough NPCs. I haven't explored enough. I haven't gotten far enough into the game yet. Then, because yeah. I'm, I'm, I got to the fourth badge, uh, so I about yeah. got about halfway through the game, mm-hmm. um, and I, I guess it just the world just still feels kind of empty. I do think there's cool. That yeah. There's different like interesting elements in each city between the different towers and some of the some of the different yeah. towns. Um, I like the fact like. The, you you get you get a mission. I, I actually really like the the initial mission of how like the, your rival isn't like Professor Oak's kid. It's just some random just some random dude stole from Professor Elm, and so now you have this really interesting mission. But they don't build upon that. Like I think that's what kind of yeah. let me down. They had this really interesting startup of like that's such a cool difference between the first game. Like your rivalry is based off of this dude being a thief, but he wants he, to be essentially a felon. Legitimate. Yeah. yeah and you're kind of like tracking him down but not in like a weird jrpg style where like you're talking to him casually even though he's a complete piece of shit like i yeah. i don't know i re- i really i i enjoy all that and then they don't do anything with it in the first like they just treat first him like half. gary again yeah. so i i don't know what's going to change in the second half and i here to be mm. honest listeners i will be, i will finish this game to kind of answer oh, okay. the question of like am i planning on finishing it i am i will yeah. finish this if only for my show i don't know if i yeah. would finish this necessarily for my own enjoyment but if we're going through the different things from the outline here between story, you know, Pokemon doesn't have like a crazy story. Gameplay, no. I do <laughs> think the gameplay, it, it's basically the same, which isn't a bad thing because I love Gen 1, um, with the enhancement of the pockets, which I don't use often, but I like that they're there. I It, it has saved me even by accident. Really enjoy that. Um the visuals are significantly better than the first game. The music is so pretty than the first game. The music Uh,
0: is probably my favorite part. Like out of everything, like visuals and like the new Pokemon and everything I, which I do enjoy a lot of the new Pokemon they brought in. Not that you fucking can find them until 90% of the game's (laughs) done, but I love that. Especially just like, I have this knowledge for that, like eight bit music. Just like hearing that is just, oh, it's so good. The Game Boy sound chip, too, man, was
1: like is really, uh, really good. There's a there's a cartridge you can buy for your Game Boy called LSDJ, and it allows you to write Game Boy music. Yeah. Oh, that's (laughs) cool. You can write Game Boy music, and it allows you to put it on different sound channels. And like, yeah, there's a there's a musician named Chipocrit. Who writes music with Game Boys, and he he supplements it with guitar and other stuff. But That's he does so a lot fun. of stuff where he uses LSDJ on a couple of yeah. Game Boys, and he will write
0: music like that. It's really fucking yeah. cool. Um, um, yeah one, sorry, go ahead. One, th- one thing, yeah, because you were touching on the rival and expanding into that. I, I don't remember if it's post game or not, but you do get some actually like prominent like character building from the rival because mm-hmm. the, the whole lore to this so team rocket is is back right but giovanni is nowhere to be seen so team rocket is essentially banding back together after the events of red and blue and and trying to figure out what happened to giovanni they just disappeared and then like, he will return he will return but they're just kind of like waiting for him to come back and there's a yeah. lot of that 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 it, there is some interesting like connections there for sure i don't remember mm-hmm. i don't know if i want to spoil it for you or not i mean i don't know don't spoil it for me. Don't spoil okay, it. Okay, I won't, I won't. Because if I'm I not, if
1: I, if the, what little there is of the story, I want to be able to absorb Okay,
0: it. okay. I won't spoil it for you. I, I don't think that it's, unfortunately, they don't build off of this particular event in a, in a super interesting or compelling way but the fact that there's any kind of character development or like bits like that with these characters in these games makes it interesting for me so i'll just i'll just leave it at that the rival has a little more depth and a little more connection to the world than initially shown in at least the first four gyms all right i'm looking forward to that then because i I will continue to play it um i just have
1: unfortunately, other stuff that like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode I'm playing quake for the podcast that's yeah. uh, for that's for a different thing, so yeah it's just it's all over the place but i um I think more than anything what this mm. game represents to me even if i me put it this way i'm I'm enjoying it well enough, but it's not something that I would go out of my way to play, but I don't think yeah. that's necessarily the game's fault, you know I think mm. it's one of those things where it's And I know it's a very diplomatic response, but I'd be honest. Like, I would tell you if I straight up just thought the game was shit. Yeah. um, I don't. I'm not saying it's my favorite, but it's more of one of those things where it's like, I can easily see, like, this experience. Maybe I wouldn't even enjoy the original Pokemon if I didn't have all that nostalgia for it. This nostalgia for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, with this, I could even though i'm I'm enjoying it to an extent it's not something i would necessarily go out of my way to play if it wasn't for the show or for this or for anything mm-hmm. i i because i've tried it a bunch of times and it's just i've I, it's been hard for me to like push yeah, my way go through. back into.
0: well i mean even uh, for me like recommending it for most people i recommended the game boy color version to you specifically because i know i you, very big retro guy you love retro games and i think this game does have it's like place in history of pokemon that original Mm -hmm. version but i mean talking about like the mechanics or or the gameplay itself like the remakes are the better version of them for sure the remakes fix a lot of the problems they still have a little bit of the distribution issue that we were talking about the variety issue Mm -hmm. for sure um but they they there's so many quality of life things in those remakes because they're playing off of the DS titles, you know, Diamond and Pearl. So many quality of life things have been implemented yeah. into Pokemon since then. So the, those, I think, are the kind of definitive version of Gen 2, but I was like... I'm going to make Josh play Crystal instead. (laughs) I don't mind. I I needed to get around to it
1: anyway because it's something that I've wanted to do for the show. What I was going to say, though, is I think the the definitive thing to me about this game, more than anything else, Mm -hmm. is that it's one of the few examples. I'm not going to say it's the last, but it's one of the few great... It's one of the last examples I can think of of an amazing surprise and gift to the gamers who play it. And it's the Mm. fact that, like we mentioned before, all of Gen 1 is in this cartridge as well. Yeah. That is, like, you don't see game developers do that anymore. Um, There, I mean, there was a little bit of an element to it. Like, for example, in Red Dead Redemption 2, you get to play Uh, almost all of, like, you get to explore almost all of the entire Red Dead area. You don't get to Mm. go to Mexico, but it's, like, but you It's it's over. It's there. You just can't get to it. Um, mm-hmm. But you can play almost the entire of the original Red Dead map, and the, where it gives that to you is in the epilogue of the game. Like you don't, you can't even <sighs> get to it without Red some Dead 2 type was of so cheats. Yeah it is. I love that game so much. I had my
0: I had my issues with it like the first half is really hard. If you like struggle with the first half of the game, it's hard to get into because there's a, a slow ass opening to before you can like freely go wherever, but the ending and end half of that just made up for it. That game was Dude, so that good. game, I had the same
1: issue. I so my friend uh who I had on the episode for that for the for Red Dead for my Red Dead yeah. 2 episode, Justine, she um she loves that game and I remember when I first played it, I was Texting or giving your shit. I'm like, why do you like this game? This yep. is boring. Like, r- rock stars overrated. Blah, 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 blah. And I was just giving all this. Like, I was, I wasn't serious. I was more busting your balls type of yeah. thing. But like, it was gets to the end, come, and
0: you're just in tears. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Yes. That Got game has ending. become one of my
1: top five oh, just of all time. Like, yeah. I there are so many moments in that game that I just like have impacted me so much. Oh but, yeah. Um, it's a nice surprise in that game. In the epilogue, you can go back and play the entire game not the entire but you can play in the original area it is a little different because unlike in pokemon gen one where or sorry Mm. in in pokemon crystal where you go back and you can essentially replay all of gen one but it's updated with new graphics as well as like you said there's some story beat elements and stuff like Mm -hmm. that um there's not like you can replay all of red dead one in this game which would have been pretty crazy that, that would have
0: that game's already long enough to begin with i don't yeah, know if don't we. it would be would cool but it, i don't know if we needed a full red dead one in there as well yeah
1: i think i think that you could that only work because like the pokemon games are so much you know like especially on this oh it's yeah
0: eight bit it's
1: an eight bit game boy game you can compress that a lot easier than yeah. a fucking full length um, plus, obviously, Red Dead 1 was in, on a, in a completely different engine. I'm assuming a different engine on a different yeah. console. Like It would have been so much to update all the visuals for that game. Yeah. But in any case, I, what I what I think is cool about this and the legacy of it is that it's one of the last times it feels like there's this sudden hidden surprise of like, I beat the yeah. game and there's more game. And not just like here's an extra level, but like a full another game. Full other game, um, yeah. Yeah. Some people also talk, uh, credit that to, like, Symphony of the Night, how, like, when you beat Symphony mm, of the Night, the castle backwards flips upside down and you play yep. it backwards and shit like that. Yep. Like, that blew people's minds. And, like, I don't – I can't think of a modern – I'm sure there is something. Like, I'm not even – I, because that's the thing. There's so many games that get released. I'm sure there's something out there that oh, I just yeah. have never heard of. But, like, off the top of my head and just, like, in my – Perusings around the internet. I can't think of another game that's like people are like, yeah. "Holy shit!" Did you know when you beat this, you get all of you this other stuff? Whole other you just get another game, the whole and prequel know, in a different context. I don't context. Know if people will like be able to experience that again though, because of the internet. Because yeah. like game reviewers are going to see that and then put that in their oh, previews. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, that was the thing for me when I played this as a kid. Like, I I usually don't play through Pokemon games after I roll credits most of the time. Like, there's a lot of Pokemon games that have post-game content, none of them in which to the extent of this, but it was only because friends <laughs> talked to me about like, oh, you can essentially play through gen- you can go fight Brock and he yeah. has a new sprite and he has a new team or that, that, that was the other thing. So like, not to get too much more ranty here, but the level scaling in this game, like you'd be the elite four in like the 40s or so, because there's a whole other eight gyms that you have to do. They like had to mess with the, the level scaling a little bit. So I was it, wondering about that. Like, I'm only like yeah. level
1: 20. My, my, uh, I, I did, uh, I guess I should have said what my starter was. I went, Toto oh, yeah, what'd you pick? Ah, nice. One Classic. Nile. I always go, Squirtle is my number, is my go to for Gen one. Mm-hmm. So I had to stick with the water. But yep. I like Cyndaquil's visuals a lot, and I like Typhlosion. I think that's a really cool Pokemon. Yep. Because what is it? it's Cyndaquil, Quilava, Quilava, Tyf-
0: Coola- cool. the middle, and then Typhlosion's the end. I love Typhlosion. What a yeah. cool fucking name. Um,
1: and but I went with Totodile, and so right now he's Croconaw. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm leveling that up, but then I have like a pidgeotto that i have that i'm leveling up i also got i do i don't know if this was in gen one but when you trade for a pokemon do they get both boosted experience in gen one as well or is that only a gen two thing because i i traded for an onyx and i yeah this that first Onix, town. like fucking like rock like skyrocketing levels he gets boosted experience in every i fight. don't
0: remember i don't remember if there was traded boost levels in gen one i don't know i don't know if they introduced it here they did introduce, oh, I guess, there was trade evolutions in the first game, but now like you can't get a Steelix unless you trade that Onix with a Metal Coat, which is unfortunate. But
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know that. Well, actually, another question: Is this gen the first time uh, Shinies show up? I was told on stream it's the first gen Shiny yes. show up.
0: Yep, this is the can, first generation where you can have a uh, Shiny Pokemon.
1: Can I rant about something real quick? <laughs> yes. Shinies are a big goddamn waste of time. I don't understand the obsession with shinies. I know this is probably going to... Josh, they look
0: different. They're a different color and they're hard to find. I don't...
1: You're... It's such... I don't understand the obsession of finding it. It, You spend hours looking for something that's a slightly different shade. Like... I'm sure in other generations they have like different attributes and they might have slightly boosted stats or no never then what's the fucking point It's just goddamn (laughs) consumerism and Pokemon. It really is. No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) It's worse because now in games there you can have shinies and then there's marks. There's marks that they'll have that'll have certain like like a percentage of getting certain marks. i I understand i hear you i I, i'm not a person to shiny hunt i have shiny hunted in the past but
1: so much and i don't understand the obsession i don't
0: modern games they've made it relatively easier to get shinies but people will still i'll see people like oh my thirty thousandth encounter of my starter let's see what happens next let's see if i can get the shiny like that's wild when pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearl came out i saw people shiny hunting the starters and i had like finished the game and they just haven't played the game yet they just had been shiny hunting the starters for like weeks like a month of just encountering the, the starter nope reset the game countering the starter nope reset the game and doing that over and over and I over again so i
1: i understand I apologize man. to pokemon fans out there or shiny hunters if it makes you happy you do you. I'm just ranting about it because I just don't understand. To me, if if you find enjoyment in that, then I understand it's not a waste of time to you. Yeah. For me, I don't. I, I could be like, I'm not talking about like you know the people who are like, oh, playing games is a waste of time. You should be going yeah. out and you know, be, I don't know, being an entrepreneur or some shit. I don't mean <laughs> that, but like. I, to me, I could play so many more games if I wasn't shi- like hunting for shinies. Yeah, I, I could do so much more with my free time. That that is not just sitting there waiting for a random encounter. Like I don't know. No, I just don't I, I don't I, I, don't understand I get
0: it. it. The- the couple times I have shiny hunted, it has been for very short amount of t- amounts of time and succeeded. So I, there was like, I got one because there's a thing called the Masuda method. And essentially what you do, and this gets really complicated because you have to have a ditto that's from outside your country. And if it's outside your country, then it boosts the odds. And then you have to hatch <laughs> eggs. And I, I did that, but it was the, the first egg I hatched was shiny. <laughs> so I was like, cool, I didn't have to waste time. I got the shiny literally the first egg I hatched. Um, Those
1: method names?
0: Oh, yeah, it's the Masuda method.
1: I'm gonna go cry in a corner.
0: There's there's the fishing method that you can use in some (laughs) games that have fishing. You can do, um, in like Let's Go, it's chaining, killing the same Pokemon, so if you battle, I think it's like 30 of the same Pokemon in a row, it boosts the odds of that Pokemon specifically, but then it also boosts the odds of all the Pokemon around the area to be shiny. Uh, (laughs) Josh is losing his mind. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> why did people okay you know what i'm not going to rant about it anymore i got my swearing rant out. i'm not going to harp on it if if you enjoy hunting chinese and it brings you it in the words of marie kondo it sparks joy you do it <laughs> all marie kondo you you do you if if that makes you happy yeah.
0: by all means i just
1: can't wrap my head around it and that's all I I'll, will- I'll leave it at
0: that yeah, I, I will say, and I'll, I'll, I'll put a bow on that shiny conversation with, like, even though I haven't done it myself, I see a lot of people that stream it, and it's like an entertaining thing. Okay, well, it's not super entertaining because they're doing the same thing, but I've watched people stream in, like, shiny high. I was like, oh, that's, like, a that- fun, like, pastime.
1: But I could see how something like that could be entertaining if, like, the yeah. host is entertaining. It finds a way to yeah. make it entertaining.
0: Well, that's what I was gonna yeah. say. I was like, it's really the host's energy and stuff that I'm there like for, and they're also shiny keep, hunting. Like, so That's that fine.
1: Channel points to see, like, do you think we're gonna find a shiny on attempt yeah. yeah. number forty or some shit like that? Like, I could, I could see. I just, eh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, okay, so, so Josh, wrapping up your thoughts here on Pokemon Crystal, how did you feel? And you did say you're gonna continue playing this. Correct. Yeah,
1: I'm definitely going to wow. continue playing this, probably on on my Twitch streams when I when I do stream on Twitch. Yes. Um, and I'm going to be working on my playthrough of it. Uh, overall, I did enjoy it. I do think the world mm. still feels a little hollow, but I need to maybe kind of bite the bullet and actually like start talking to a lot more NPCs so I can get more of that lore building more of that world building but i like the additions to the gameplay i like the upgrades to the visuals and as well as i love the music in this game i was telling my wife i just i kept finding myself not playing it and just really just stopping in town and be like i love this music i i I Mm -hmm. do it's really good um story i i'm not going to judge the game on the story because pokemon both Gen 1 and almost all of them don't really have solid stories. Yep. So I'm not going to really, you know, I'm not going to really harp on the game for that. So I'm not really, you know, no big deal. Um, yeah. But overall, yeah, it, it's it's fun. It is a very much a, like a sequel-ass sequel, like in the sense where yeah. it's keeping the same core gameplay and expanding upon it in a lot of interesting ways. I shouldn't say a lot. It, they added pretty much, in terms of the core combat... Mm-hmm. They added the whole pocket system. In terms yeah. of the, the the mechanic of finding Pokemon, of like the catching them all, the gotta catch mm-hmm. them all mechanic... They added the day and night system, the times, right. the time clocks. Pokemon to- going come out in certain times
0: of the day, you know things exactly. like that. Exactly, and then also
1: yeah. to add to the world building, there's different events that only, that happen. Like there's fishing competitions on certain mm-hmm. days of the week at certain times of the week, which is really cool. That is all things that I could totally see as a kid. That's really immersive and really world building. Uh, that really builds the world a little bit more. So I I, yeah. I respect it for all that it does. I do think Pokemon kind of suffers a little bit of from... I mean, I haven't played any of them, but from my understanding of what Dragon Quest does, where, like, each new game in the series, there's slight iterations. They're not like... You know, mm. like, if you play a new Mario game, yeah, they're still running and jumping, but they're vastly different games. Oh, like yeah. You, even though with the core mechanics, like... Because the, the puzzles are all so different each time. In this mm-hmm. one, it doesn't change a whole lot. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. I do think there's yeah. an element of like some game series are good because they know just how much to change the core yeah. mechanics and cho- yeah. change the core formula. Yeah. I Other mean, games- they nailed
0: it with the original. So it's like they're like, if it ain't broke, we'll kind of iterate on it. But the whole catching mechanic and everything, it just works.
1: Yeah. And it's it's a it's a really good game series. I, I, I like I like the fact that it took off in the US because it was something that not everyone like they weren't sure if this would be popular in the US because like the game yeah. is based off of bug catching. Uh Toshiri yep. Taijiri or no, not Toshiri. It's Taijiri is his last name. Satoshi mm. Taijiri. I'm blanking on this dude's name. I feel awful. I did a whole fucking episode on it. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember uh, well, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, Satoshi Tajiri. I was right. Um, mm. Satoshi Tajiri. Uh, he created it because he collected. He loved collecting bugs in yeah. his hometown, and a lot of he. A lot of this came from his sadness. That it was getting built over and developed over, so all the places he used to go and explore nature in his hometown are gone because mm. it's been developed by, you know, companies and businesses big and corporations. towns and, and not even necessarily big corporations, but it's all like housing yeah. and you know uh, shopping yeah, districts yeah, yeah. and yeah, all this yeah. other stuff. I mean, I can't say for certain because I'm not, I'm not, I don't live in Japan, so I don't, or I don't know specifically where he lives. so I don't know what got replaced mm. with what but like it got developed it's no longer n- nature anymore it's it's man-made um yeah. and pokemon was a response to that so i i always love the fact that this is kind of like uh i think there's a reason why pokemon resonates so pe- so much with people because it the whole game feels like you're going back to a time that you wish you that you wish
0: existed it only mm. like the whole series feels that's nostalgic very, that's very interesting
1: um, and but you wish you could live in that world, not necessarily just because of Pokemon, but because it's an interesting combination of like rugged nature combined with, uh you know, you know, society and there's this whole yeah. world, this whole there's this whole society built around these wonderful creatures called Pokemon and some people abuse them and some people don't and. You know, mm. there's a whole there's lore, and it it just it 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 has a very homey feel. The whole series has a homey feel because it's so lighthearted. So yeah. I, I I've always always respect Pokemon, and uh, for this game, I think it was a really good enhancement on the first one. I would have liked yeah. to see some minor twe- some a couple more tweaks to the core gameplay. What they would be, I can't tell you, but I feel like it's a little, just slightly, a little too similar. Like maybe if they yeah. did something where like. You could, um, like I don't know, uh, you know, maybe add like a fifth attack in exchange for something yeah. else, like maybe some HP, well, and your Pokemon yeah. could do five attacks or instead of four. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, that I'm not even yeah. saying that's a good idea. I'm just like literally just throwing more out more mechanics ideas. like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the in the games to follow, like they added double battles and they added natures and they added like all these things that natures. were still. Yeah. So poke. <laughs> Pokemon will have certain natures and it'll, depending on the nature, will either have no effect or will raise and lower two different Stats on them, so like if a Pokemon is an adamant nature, they have a higher attack. Their attack stat will be raised, and it'll take out another attack, another uh, stat. So there's always a balancing of it. They introduced that in Generation Three, along with abilities too. So now all Pokemon will have abilities that they have. Like they'll have an ability like when they're sent out, it'll lower the enemy's attack, or when they it's raining, they'll gain HP. So they added a lot of stuff like that into, uh, like, uh,
1: so almost like uh, environmental effects. The Correct. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Sorry. I. 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 I said in my Nintendo or my Pokemon episode. I don't think we said it here. Mm. My history. I. You know, we're near the end of the end of the episode, and now I'm just <laughs> saying this now. My history of Pokemon, though, listeners. I played Gen One. Didn't touch another Pokemon game until Pokemon X and Y, except for the periodic dabblings here in Gold yeah. and Silver. But I never touched another one until Pokemon X and Y. Did play a little bit of Omega Ruby and, mm, or yeah. something like that. Yep. Um, but never really touched it since. I did buy, you know, like, uh, what is it? Um, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus rcs i haven't really touched it though i've played Mm. maybe 20 minutes not even maybe 10 minutes of it which is not very far into it so it's just one of those things i just never make time to play but yeah sorry yeah um i i I did enjoy this playthrough of it and i'm looking forward to exploring more of
0: the world of uh, johto that's awesome i'm glad you enjoyed it and like like i was saying too i've had some gripes with with gen 2 pokemon games so all of that makes makes a lot of sense and I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of Pokemon games out there, Josh. I might have to toss another <laughs> one your way. I'm playing through Pokemon Black and White right now. That one is is very good. And if you're wanting a Pokemon game with a little more substance to its narrative, I mean, they all have batshit crazy. Now they all have really batshit crazy out there narratives, but this game really tackles the idea of the inner mingled relationship between humans and Pokemon and that connection of like... Oh, we're just catching I, I heard I've
1: heard the black and white
0: series. Yeah, the, the one
1: I have uh one of them. I have the I, I think I have like Pokemon White
0: Two or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know well, the original. Uh, that series in that generation is the only other sequel. Like Pokemon Black and Black Two are a time skip. Like there's characters that age up and there's character growth that happens and the mm. world changes. Like that's besides gold and silver and red and blue, black and two black two and the originals are the only true sequels that we have in the Pokemon games. Mm, yeah
1: good to know i'll have to get around yeah. to him
0: yes well josh thank you so much for coming on to talk about these game ma- games man it was a blast and i'm glad that i finally got a chance to play gravity rush because i've been wanting to play through it for a while now so i'm excited to see the end of it here but one more time for the people at home let them know where they can check out still loading podcast
1: well, if my thoughts on Shinies didn't enrage you too much, <laughs> you can uh, check out Still Loading Podcast anywhere. Good podcasts are going away for free. Uh, you know, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that other good stuff. Um, you can also find it over on uh, – I said Spotify, yeah. Um, yeah, and you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Still Loading Pod mm-hmm. on all of them. Also, Twitch at Still Loading Pod. Uh, I stream every – Tuesday and Saturday nights around 7 30 Eastern. Uh, or at least I try to. It's kind of sometimes more close to eight. Depends on what my kid's doing. If my kid's yeah, not but, uh, driving me up a wall. But uh, yeah, so that's where you can find me.
0: Awesome. And yeah, all those links will be down below so you can go check him out and the show. Twitch streams are a ton of fun. And like I said, in the top of the show, Still Loading has a ton of variety. So you're bound, if you like video games, you will find something that you love and enjoy with his show. So please go check it out. Thanks,
1: man. I'm, I'm I'm really happy I got to go on. This
0: was a lot of fun. Of course, of course. Okay, guys. Well, we will wrap it up here. We will see you next month with the next episode of Get Wrecked. Peace out, everybody.
2: Bye.